Uh, Good morning. Grab your Bibles. Turn to John chapter 11. We are uh, nearing the end of our journey through the I Am statements of Jesus as recorded in the Gospel of John. And we're going to be looking at maybe one of the most famous miracles in in all of the Bible this morning. And it involves death, and that's kind of the, the topic that we're looking at today. Before we get there, I do have a couple of announcements to share with you. Very important meeting at 1040 a.m. this morning in the Lord Led Ladies classroom for all of the parents and sponsors that are parents of students and sponsors that are going to superstart this weekend. It's going to take place in Bloomington Normal on March 1st and 2nd, this Friday and Saturday, and that meeting takes place at 1040 this morning. The Pancake Breakfast Fundraiser is just around the corner. Uh, March 9 is the Pancake Breakfast Fundraiser, a week from Saturday. If you need tickets, I know a whole bunch of students that are trying to sell tickets, so please feel free to seek one of them out. I think we're going to have a couple in the foyer. I know there's going to be one in my Sunday school class, I believe, today. Uh, Tickets are available. That's a fundraiser for our summer mission trips. Intentional Church Conference indicator, Saturday, April 20. I have prepaid 25 slots. I'd like to buy a whole lot more. Last year, 30 from our church. Who went last year, by the way, to the Intentional Church Conference? I know several of you did. Uh, Would love to see many more of you attend. Um, If you want more information about that, see me. That is Saturday, April 20. Gene Apple. Some of you will know the name Leon Apple, former president of Lincoln Christian College. His son, Gene Apple. Uh, has written several books, is uh, just really an excellent, excellent communicator, and he's coming from Fullerton, California that day. And then the final announcement, the 5K to Raise 5K fundraiser on May the 4th. Would love for you to participate, and you can participate in a variety of ways. You can run the 5K, you can walk the 5K, you can financially contribute to those that are going to be a part of this fundraiser. It's going to be a great, great time. Also want to say thank you to the family of Clarence Hicks. They provided the beautiful uh, flower arrangement for us um, with his passing this week and the services. We um, are in week seven, believe it or not, in our uh, sermon study on the I Am statements of Jesus. In the first week we looked at John chapter 6, Jesus, I am the bread of life. And the big idea was that Jesus is the life source for those following after him. The next week, John chapter 8, Jesus said, I'm the light of the world. And we saw that the darkness that destroys, that bondage of sin, cannot match up to the light that leads to life, the light of Jesus Christ. John 9, I am the light of the world. Jesus is the light, our solution for the problem of spiritual darkness. John chapter 10, Jesus, I am the gate. We saw that week that there's many different options that promise life, but Jesus is the gate, Jesus is the door, Jesus is the path that leads to the full life, the abundant life. Last week, John chapter 10, Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. And the big idea last week was that you need to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And, and I'll just say this, following second service, I had three different uh, conversations, encounters with people, all revolving around this idea of relationship with Jesus Christ. And how can I have a relationship with Jesus Christ, or how can I rekindle my relationship with Jesus Christ? And it's very encouraging to see people responding in a very positive way. The focus this morning is, is dealing with the reality of death. That's where we're at in John chapter 11, dealing with the reality of death. I'm going to read for you John chapter 11. We're going to put the scripture up on the screen here, John chapter 11, beginning with verse 17. Let's read the word of the Lord, John 11, beginning with verse 17. It says, On his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. 
Now, Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem, and many Jews had come to comfort Mary and Martha at the loss of their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, but Mary stayed at the home. Verse 21, Lord, Martha said, if you had been there, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. Verse 23, Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha answered, I know he'll rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she told him. I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who was to come into the world. Now, after she had said this, she went back and called her sister Mary aside. The teacher is here, she said, and is asking for you. When Mary heard this, she got up quickly and went to him. Now, Jesus had not yet entered the village, but was still at the place where Martha had met him. When the Jews who had been with Mary in the house, comforting her, noticed how quickly she got up and went out, they followed her, supposing she was going to the tomb to mourn there. When Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him? he asked. Come and see, Lord, they replied. Jesus wept. And then the Jews said, see how he loved him. But some of them said... Could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? The word of the Lord, John 11, verses 17 to 37. I don't have a long message this morning. I don't want to talk about death for a long time today. But there are some important lessons for us to grab a hold of this morning that that John 11 helps unfold. And lesson number one is this, and you know this, death is a difficult reality regardless of of your relationships or your life experience. Death is a difficult reality. No matter who you are, no matter who you know, death is never easy. It produces a whole spectrum of emotions, and many of these emotions are very difficult to accept. They're very difficult to process. See, being a Christian does not exempt you from the process of death. It doesn't matter how rich or poor you are, death will be a reality. It doesn't matter how successful in life you are, death will be a reality. It doesn't matter how spiritual you are in life, how close you are in the Lord, death will be a reality. Gallup recently did a study and they found out that one of every one person will die at some point in life scientific research. That's supposed to be a joke. You can laugh. Lighten up a little bit. It's okay to laugh. Ecclesiastes 3, 1 and 2 says, there is a time for everything and a season for every activity under heaven. There is a time to be born. There is a time to be died. And we know this. You know this. This isn't rocket science. But when death visits us, many, just like Martha, Just like Mary, we cry out and we say, Jesus, if you'd only been here. Jesus, why weren't you here? Lord, why am I going through this process? Death is a difficult reality regardless of your relationships or life experience. Secondly, grief is a painful process regardless 
of your relationships or your life situation. Death is a difficult reality, but grief is a painful process regardless of your relationships or your life situation. Um, Grief visits in a variety of, of different ways. Grief visits in a variety of different times. We never know for sure the timing of grief. I want to say this morning, that's why I am so very thankful for the resources that we're able to provide people that struggle with the reality of death. Our own Joyce Trummel does just an outstanding job with a, with a grief class. Many of you have went through that class. And for those of you that, that find yourself struggling, the next time that class is offered, we'll offer it hopefully again this year. I strongly encourage you to, to be a part of that class. To use the term rave reviews would be an understatement. It it is hard when we lose someone that we are close to. Look at the reaction of Martha and Mary and and the Jews that were there at the the funeral visitation. There is heartbreak. They are torn up. There is weeping. There is sorrow beyond sorrow. And when you go to a funeral or, or I go to a funeral, we see that. People react in a variety of ways. I did a funeral Friday morning, and and the family was so broken up. Heartbreaking in so many ways. What's the reaction of Jesus? Jesus, simply according to John chapter 11, wept. Jesus wept. He was torn up. He was heartbroken. And what's amazing about this, which really shows us the, the, the true nature of Jesus, he knew He was going to raise Lazarus from the dead. He knew a miracle was getting ready to happen. And yet he looked at his friend Mary, and he looked at his friend Martha, and he looked at the Jews, and he saw their heartbreak, and and Jesus wept. Grief is a painful process, regardless of your relationships or your life situation. But let me give you the best news of all, the best part of John chapter 11, and it's this, hope is available but only for the followers of Jesus. Hope is available, but only for the followers of Jesus. Jesus Christ, the one who said, I'm the bread of life, and I am the light of the world, and I am the good shepherd, and I am the gate, has another powerful I am statement. And he says, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live, even though he dies, and whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Hope is available, but only for the followers of Jesus. Now, don't get me wrong. When the death of a Christian takes place, many times we use terms like celebration. This is a celebration. This is a joyous occasion. That doesn't mean that there isn't sadness. That doesn't mean that tears cannot be a part of the process. I've had people say to me or to a family, I don't want anyone to cry. I just want all smiles. Well, that's not reality in many ways. And when you've walked through it, many of us have lost a parent. We've lost a spouse. We've lost a child. We've lost someone very close to us. Grief is going to be a reality. But for followers of Jesus Christ, there is a hope that that words cannot describe. Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. I have fallen in love with 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13. It's helped me incredibly, and I think it helped me a ton when my father passed away. 
How do you balance grief with hope? And here's what Paul says to, to the Thessalonians. He says, brothers, we do not want you to be ignorant about those who have fallen asleep or to grieve like the rest of men who have no hope. We believe that Jesus died and rose again. And so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. Hopeful, hopeful verse of scripture. Grieve, but don't grieve like people that have no hope. Sorrow, sadness, absolutely. But it's a temporary sorrow. It's a temporary sadness. Because hope reigns. Well, that's really the, the, the crux of John chapter 11. The rest of the story, as you probably know, is that Jesus went to the tomb and he said, Lazarus, come on out. And Martha said, we're not rolling that stone away. He's been in there for four days. It's going to really smell if we do that. I think the King James Version says, it stinketh. Uh, d- don't go down that road. And Jesus said, I'm in control, roll the stone away, and Lazarus was raised from the dead. And everyone went crazy. They went wild. It was a miracle. It was an incredible, incredible miracle of Jesus at this point. But with the remaining time that I have with you this morning, I want to just share with you my heart about funerals. Funerals are a touchy subject. Funerals um, are, are difficult to go through. In a trend that's unfolding in our world that personally I really struggle with, I've had it affect me personally, is somebody dies and nothing happens. Just nothing. That's just it. It's over. Sometimes people say, I don't want anything to happen. Just put me in the ground and that's all she wrote. Or have me cremated and that's all she wrote. And I'm done with it. My favorite aunt was my Aunt Betty from California. And she died uh, several years ago. 1998. And when she died, that's exactly what her family did. They did nothing. No visitation, no funeral, no celebration of life service, just, just nothing. That was just it. And I have to be honest with you, there's times that I forget my favorite aunt is gone. I, I just forget because I didn't have that, that process. I didn't have that closure. And so just my heart, this isn't endorsed by anybody. No one wrote this for me. This is just my heart on why I think funerals are a good idea. Number one, funerals are a sign of respect. Um, it is so helpful for the family, even though it's really difficult, it's really hard to be able to be encouraged and loved through the, the visitation process and through the, through the funeral process. When my father passed away over three years ago, I was absolutely blown away by the number of you that took time out of your schedule on a night when ice was on the roads to come and give me a hug and cry with me and pat me on the back and say, we love you. And many of you have experienced that. And um, funerals are a sign of respect. Funerals are a time for release. Um, I don't like to cry. I do it sometimes. I do it in the pulpit sometimes. But I'm a guy and I don't like to cry. It's not something that I enjoy. And yet, Funerals give you the opportunity to experience release in many ways. I had a conversation with an individual in our community a couple months ago, not a part of our church. And he shared with me that his best friend had recently died. And I asked him how the funeral process went. And he said, you know, I have no idea. I said, what do you you mean? Were you on vacation? Were you out of town? He goes, I I don't do funerals. I, I just don't do them. I might cry. I said, you really cheated yourself, my friend. Funerals allow for this time of release. It's not something we look forward to, but it's helpful. It's necessary. Third, funerals are a time for rejoicing. 
We sing that song when we all get to heaven. What a day of rejoicing that will be. And I think for the funeral of someone that has died in Christ, that is a Christian, that is kind of the first step in that process, that rejoicing, that celebration. Number four, funerals express our faith in the resurrection. Funerals express our faith in the resurrection. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 50 to 58, tell us about the hope of the resurrection that we can experience, that we can anticipate, that we can look forward to. And funerals help express the faith that we have in the resurrection. James Stewart, great preacher of yesterday, his famous quote was, let us live as if we're prepared to die, and let us die as if we're prepared to live. And when I go to a funeral, if it's someone that I know well, or it's someone that I don't know at all, sometimes I go to funerals, and I, I, I did two funerals on Friday for people I've never met before. That's a challenge, by the way. But even as I'm there in the midst of that, I am reminded of the hope of the resurrection. And then finally, number five, funerals provide an opportunity to remind others about Jesus Christ. They give us an opportunity to remind others about Jesus Christ. Um, You are going to be the focus of a funeral someday. You will, whoever you are however old or young you may be. People will gather to remember you. They'll remember the legacy that you leave. And the reality is you will help your family and friends immensely if you make sure that you are good with Jesus Christ, that you are in relationship with Jesus Christ. Warren Wiersbe said, It is strange that a number of people insist on detailed preparations for a vacation or for a business trip. But they ignore making careful preparation for the most important journey of all. And so my bottom line for you this morning really is this. Death, it's rarely easy. It's never easy. But following Jesus Christ turns tragedy into triumph during this incredibly tough season of life. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life, and he who believes in me will live even though he dies. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. And, and I just kind of cut it off right there. But Jesus asks a question. He looks at Martha in the midst of her grief and her sorrow and her tears, and he simply asks, do you believe this? And Martha's answer was, yes, I believe. Mary's answer was, yes, I believe. What's your answer? Let's pray. God, thank you for today. And thank you for the hope we have because of Jesus Christ. We love you and we thank you for Jesus. It's in his name that we pray. Amen. It is invitation time as it is every Sunday here at our church. And if you have a decision to make for Jesus Christ, I invite you to come forward as Jim leads us in our song, I Have Decided to Follow Jesus. Let's stand, please. I have decided.